All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 291 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. My window is open. I've got construction outside, and I don't care because it's San Francisco summer, 60 degrees. That's like 13 degrees Celsius or something like that. Um, welcome back to the show. Daniel Wee's on the board. I didn't give your board names last time, and people were like, no. which board member is he? And like, well, these are the chairman of the board. Um, 69th Blizzard, <laughs> Ken. Hello. Yeah, Mark is almighty Mark. Greetings. Good to see you all. Thanks for joining me for another episode of our show. Uh, anyone bought any KISS shit this week? That's the most important question to start off the show. I did, I did. And I actually bought KISS stuff this time. And one non-KISS thing. But I'll show you the two KISS things I got. So, in collecting my further, well, further adding to my German Bellafon collecting, I got finally a Dress to Kill, German one. Cool. And this one, as you notice, doesn't have the embossed around the edge. It is unembossed, oh, right? right? Yeah. And the and other one that I got... it's got the unadulterated logo, unlike the original issue, the EMI yes. Electrola, which had, like, gothic logos and the later phonogram. <laughs> And like this one here, because I bought a German oh. elder, which has that. Nice. Yeah. And this one came with a uh, a German lyric sheet in it, mm-hmm. uh, the lyrics, which was really interesting. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that was just somebody did that and put it in there, but you know, it's it's kind of odd. I don't know. Should I pull it out and? Yeah, so, do, I mean, because guys, there, there, yeah, okay. there were some that came with uh, a Lyric <laughs> insert, which are very neat, and then there were repros done by people who got them. And then, of course, there's like the difference between Austrian and German. is like the Austrian, yeah. I think, has a big black panel on the back where they changed up mm. the uh, track listing. can't remember off the top of yeah, my head. So there's there's so a book about the Elder. Hmm. Well, that looks official. Yeah, I don't I know, think. actually. Yeah, that looks like a... a a fan printout, but I'm not sure. It's a nice and, job. Yeah. And actually, I, is that folded? Yeah. Okay, because I think I think there was a fan club oh. that you could send away for the lyrics. Maybe this one here. Kiss song text or whatever it's said in it. It just means no? lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, th- I think that just means lyrics. Maybe someone who collects German you know, memorabilia can fill us in on that. What does Mark have? What has he bought? Is it yes. gold or is it you know, plastic? Uh, and, and, and speaking of gold, this was my gold purchase. I was so happy that I got this. They had one only in the store. This is not Kiss, but you know how important this artist is to me. Mm. Frank, Frank Zappa. Zappa. The Hot Rats Sessions. Hmm. So it's as this this these are the kind of things that we were always clamoring Kiss to do. Mm-hmm. It has it's like six discs and it mm-hmm. goes through like the incarnation of the songs from like beginning, like I mean literally from the beginning, like when they were just piano pieces and mm-hmm. then just they constructed them from there all the way mm-hmm. to the final version. 
They even had like the 1984 remixed version of the album, which caused great fury amongst the Zappa fans because they hated how he remixed the whole album and put all kinds of ridiculous reverb and stuff on it. So they hated it. But they put it on here just for a memento's sake. But it's really, really interesting. If you like uh, hearing songs from their earliest uh, versions to having people play on it that didn't appear on the final version even, it's really interesting. So I was very happy to get that. I, I don't usually... You know, well, I do usually splurge for this kind of stuff, but it's only for certain people like, you know, Zappa or King Crimson or, you know, Kiss did something like that. I'd be on it. I will I'm not bored, bored anything when it comes this week, to Zappa. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not bored anything, but but uh, I'm bidding on two things on the Swedish equivalent of, to eBay. But I, I, I think I need your advice. There's two books on there that I haven't read, actually. Sherman's uh, Black Diamond, I think it's called, oh, yeah. and uh-huh. Gordon Gordon G. Whatever his name. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Uh, he has a, a book out there as well. So, if I should pick one, I think it's the called Black Kiss Diamond. and Tell. Black Diamond. I, I like that. I, yeah. I don't Black know Diamond. which, which Gordon book is it because he's had a few. Kiss and Tell more is garbage. Kiss and Tell. That is basically that just. Doing? emails of hate that he received after doing kiss and tell and everyone calling him a liar and then ace put out his book and didn't sue gordon which kind of proved that everything gordon said was actually true um kiss and tell i mean come on he was there with ace for a lot of things and that's his story so again he wasn't sued over it i would say go for that black diamond you know was great back in the day and he's got a 10th anniversary edition, which is really good as well. But if you've read anything online, wiki and all that, or magazines, I would say go for Kiss and Tell. You know, sorry, Dale. Um, okay, we'll see you next week which one I got. Yeah. Ken, how about you? Or get both. Nothing. Yeah. You got nothing. Nothing. What? Well, okay. I, I did actually buy stuff. And I bought a bunch of Japanese vinyl. I picked out what I wanted and I put the rest up on eBay. So it's all up there. Go over to the FAQ for the link uh, for that. There's, there's a lot of interesting stuff. I'm calling it all entry-level stuff. For those of you who aren't Uber collectors who want every single premium that ought to have come with one of these Japanese releases, every single one of these auctions, I think, started at $5.99 or $9.99 with no reserves. Um, and I undergraded the vinyl at VG, you know, um, you know, it, it is all used. It's not the pristine Japanese vinyl that's been kept under a futon in a, you know, hermetically sealed piece of Tupperware. Oops. Um, you know, it, it is used vinyl, but, uh, you know, for those of you who are just after, you know, maybe a copy of the originals and you don't care about the Obi and all the masks and all that just because you want the cover. Go for it. Uh, again, very fair priced. Uh, the other thing I did purchase, oh, I purchased two other things, didn't I? Yeah, number mm-hmm. one was my mm-hmm. ticket for the cruise after last <laughs> oh, week's yeah. episode. Oh, boy. <laughs> and then I went and bought a Paul Stanley guitar for the cruise. Wow. Um, oh, my. Because when I went on the cruise last time, I did get the Paul Stanley art guitar. Um, they do like 25 of them, custom Ibanez's. They're low-end Ibanez's. They're not anything I'm going to have out to play. Um, they really are sort of the guitars. He signs them and puts them up on, you know, put them up on the wall eventually and figure out how I'm going to torture him with the amount of characters that are permitted this year. So yeah, that's the stuff I... I bought. So what happened? 
Yeah. Why the change I mean, of heart? Last week, it didn't sound like you would be going to the show or to the cruise. It was one of those things, really. Um, you know, after Kiss Crusade, I was conflicted. I felt having a rehearsal basically of a boring you know come on it's kiss i love every single one of the songs but basically a boring set with no deep cuts was offensive but the high points of that cruise were of course bruce and ace and everything else that went with it as well and i was seeing kiss perform on a cruise boat with 1500 of my closest friends you know it really is the stardust theater a very intimate place and a very unique place to see the band perform that there were the positives but the biggest positive that came through as i was watching my facebook feed and friends were booking booked booked mm-hmm. not booked <laughs> oh good you're a fucker anyway uh you know booked booked um you know and and i know people freaked out when the announcement was made about the cutbacks or the changes mm-hmm. but i'm mm-hmm. a firm believer that there's a lot still to be determined about how this cruise is going to kind of shape up but it really hit home with ozzy's announcement over his parkinson's or mm-hmm. parkinson's related thing mm-hmm. you know when we start seeing people like neil pert peart you know passing mm-hmm. on Ozzy having what is and will be a life-changing illness that will take him out of the game ultimately to see friends you know who are fighting cancer waiting for transplants of various descriptions it comes back to people these are my people this is my crowd you know, I, I mean, I hate quoting Paul Stanley, especially from that album, but that was ultimately what it came down to. I saw a lot of people signing up for this who hadn't been on Kiss Crusade, many who had been, who I'd love to see again, many people who I'd love to meet for the first time in person and share a meal or a drink and just go and congregate once more in a very unique place. And again, going to Belize and Honduras, I'm not going to either of those places otherwise. Um, yeah. It, it, it just kind of, it, there was no sense of fear of missing out because I've missed out on, you know, eight out of 10 and I was okay with missing out on them. But as we get to the end of the road, all of these little opportunities to get together with fellow fans become more and more important because you don't know what the next time might be and whether some of those people are even going to be there. Mm-hmm. And you and you just never yeah. know. I mean, you don't know who has booked the cruise who may not be there, you know, because you, you just don't know. So that's why I booked the cruise. Kiss is part of it, but also very secondary to the relationships that I've had with many people over the past 25 or more years. So am I, am I thrilled with the changes? No, I'm no more thrilled with, you know, the changes that have been announced than Tommy Thayer was, you know, on that podcast that he did. Exactly. And he, he's out in public talking about, you know, not being convinced that the single show at the pool deck is the right thing to do. Um, I think that, that the intimate stardust show is the thing to do because it's important to people and it's intimate and it's special and it's Mm -hmm. fun. And he, you know, he says that it's something that needs to be looked at. Now that may be a political answer to a very popular question, but 
Many mm -hmm. people will echo those sentiments. I certainly do. I would much rather have two shows in the Stardust, one which I can attend and the other that I can kick back either in a, one of the broadcast places on the boat and watch for friends or in the comfort of my cabin where I don't have 18 people jammed in like steerage class on the Titanic. You know, to watch in the comfort of your own, uh, what do they call it? They call it, they don't call it a cabin, uh, stateroom, you know, yeah. which, which is anything but stateroom gives a completely false, uh, you know, kind of illusion of, of what you are in when you're on one of these boats. And so I did get a room. Right. I, I set myself a budget and I said, if this room did not become available, I wasn't going one up. I was not going to go obstructed view with a deck. So that people would be outside my porthole smoking and carrying on when I sleep. I, I was not going to do a ocean view because that was absolutely pointless last time. I actually looked out the window once when I was mm. in my stateroom. And that was when mm. we were going into dock and all there was was a dock and tires. So made it. So <laughs> Wow. The room became available. And uh, you know what's funny? It's actually turned out cheaper than Kiss Cruise 8. So. Well, that's good. I'm Probably should be though, right? Well, that's to be determined if there's only one Kiss show, you know, one electric show. But again, well, we don't know the details. Yeah, do you Good think change, though? I I'm curious about one thing that you just mentioned that you said that, you know, Tommy was saying that he wasn't very pleased with that. Do you? What do you? Do you think? Now, this is just you know, of course, a what if question for all of us here who are talking about this today. Do you think that his comments will have any weight you think that maybe what he said might echo back to management and they maybe say you know what maybe you might be right let's do a show at the theater but we're not going to announce it until we're out at sea and i'll make it a big surprise for everybody when we're already out at sea what i think it all depends on the reason why why they they made the changes is it because uh, paul and gene don't have the energy uh, and paul doesn't want to do it you know paul wants to be alone or something. I don't know. If that's the reason, they won't change. Uh, as long as they sell, as long as they move tickets, they won't. But, but at, at times, actually, Tommy and Eric ha have convinced Gene and Paul to do uh, some changes, at least in the show, with, with tracks and so on. So mm -hmm. He could... And, uh, and I think at times, Paul and Gene know that Tommy and Eric grew up as fans of the band and, and know probably more about how a KISS fan uh, feels mm -hmm. and uh, what, what is important to them. So they might listen a little bit to Tommy. I, I don't think it's impossible. Yeah. Ken? No, no I, I agree. I mean, <laughs> I, I hope you know it works out and, and maybe they do put it back in the, uh, the theater-type you know, uh, situation uh, versus uh, outside one show on the deck where, where when you listen live outside like that, the sound just goes, you know, yeah. Uh, the sound's going to be a lot better inside. Um, so I think they need to take that into consideration too. Yeah. So. Another thing that I was kind of curious about too, I mean, I know for you, Julian, it maybe doesn't have as much of a bearing because, your collecting days are probably not as, you know, you don't probably do it as uh, much as you did maybe a few years back. But I know a lot of people had issue with some of these things that they cut from 
the screws as well as far as the things that you get. Like there's now no longer a sign thing. There's like just some sort of printed signature now on stuff and they're not letting people get stuff signed or, or something like that. I didn't get all of it, but I know that there's some things that collectors have got a little, you know, you know, panties in a knot a bit over. Well, well, I, don't know, they, I don't know if it's fair to call it panties in a knot because, you know, Kiss are their own enemies for kind of raising yeah. the expectations of fans by having mm-hmm. allowed any of this. People who went to early vaults were able to get more signatures from Gene than those who went to later ones because mm-hmm. people took yeah. advantage of it. I mean, even at that very first one, you know, people had wheelbarrows basically full of their Kiss <laughs> junk to get signed by Gene. <laughs> it wasn't Whereas, me. Whereas Jonathan and I were sitting next to my car saying, okay, what are the two items you're getting signed? Okay, these are our got to get signed. Now, what else are you going to bring in in case, you know, but we had two <laughs> items, you know, completely per the rules and uh, anything else was, you know, just opportunistic. And I'm, I'm not criticizing anyone for that. It simply is what it is. Um, the signed items. I, ju- I know what signings like and it is horrible. I don't know what signings like on Kiss's level. That must be absolutely horrendous, you know, water torture to sign that amount of things <laughs> and to do quality. Tunnel. Because again, the Kiss Cruise Eight, the item that we had signed with this absolutely disgusting and pathetic cards, you know, mm-hmm. which I'm sure was greater in idea than it was in execution, because they were just splotchy and looked terrible. And then Kiss Cruise Nine, they did this wonderful. You know, signed piece with all the casino chips from the previous mm-hmm. nine. I mean, talk about difference in, you know, false equivalency, you know, completely different. But I actually like the idea. Having thought about it, it makes a lot of sense to have a etched autographed item. I think Ken mentioned last week when we first talked about this, you know, similar to the Creatures of the Night etched 45 that came out in, you know, donkeys years ago. So I'm not against that. I understand the concept. And if it's special and it's something unique and something no one else is going to get, you know, they'll be up on eBay. <laughs> right. And, and like, people, yeah. Didn't they do something like that, though, a couple of cruises back where they actually gave you guys an album as well, too? Wasn't there was that two albums. Got... There was a... Yeah. The uh, singles kind of album, 12 inch. That one was a, a rock and roll all night, uh, one year, and then another year they had Creatures. the uh, Creature of the Night. Uh, yeah, did they the do red, that for the, the for nine? Vinyl. Or no, no, they did. They didn't. I mean, yeah, they red didn't. vinyl was on. Yeah, the Creature. That would that would be so cool. You know, were they to do something like that for the cruisers as well? You know, they did the Sirius XM. I don't know what the rights are. Again, you get into all the legal bullshit issues. Um, it would be so cool for them to actually give the the cruisers a you know a vinyl release a, again unique to that. But, yeah. but again, you know, all of that stuff is endless. You know what I'm not going on the cruise for. Again, I don't give a shit about seeing Rat in this format. <laughs> I love yeah. Rat. I was on board with Rat. I mean, I had collage. I bought Rat in '99 when they were with Sony. Um, you know, I, I stuck with them. I ha- had uh, whatever that last album. I, again, I only listened to it once because I actually listened to Detonator more than I listened to anything that came afterwards. So I do like Rat. I've had EP. I've had the original Time Coast. I've got like three copies of the Time Coast EP on cassette up in a box over there. So I do like Rat. And, you know, it's the 35th anniversary of Invasion of Your Privacy. Privacy. Um, yeah. 
you know, so they're a great band. Cream's Reich. Fuck. <sighs> they were a great band. No, not for me. I mean, I like, I have so. greatest hits. I like Jet City Woman oh, okay. and uh, Silent Lucidity. I'm, I'm like one of those fans. No, really? I like, like, Rage for Order and The Warning. I loved that early stuff. That was what got me into them, but. No, I mean, uh, their yeah, singer yeah. now the is right. good. Good song. Yeah. We know the right. yeah. early stuff. Yeah. Uh, what, the what's EP. his name? Todd La something? Todd La, La Torn or something like that? I don't remember. But yeah, but he's a, he's a great singer and he does the stuff fantastic. He sings it better than Jeff Tate does now. But, you know, it's just now there's, they're losing people again. Like they lost Scott Rockenfield. He's not drumming right now. I don't know what happened with him, but he's gone. When they lost Chris DeGarmo, that's really when it was like, oh, boy, because he was one of their principal writers of the band. You know, all the great songs that were written for Operation Mindcrime and stuff like that was mainly him. So but I love Queensryche. You know, if they ever got the original people back in, I'd be there, you know. Yeah, I'll say this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go. I will go and watch Queen's Whack. Uh, I'm not can't even say that. Hey, hey, hey. Um, Queen's Whack? Queen's Again, it's football, uh, football and beer, and then doing a show. Not a good idea. Um, I will go and watch them, just like I was forced to go and watch the Dead Daisies on Kiss Crusade. You know, I was told you have to go and see them. I said I don't want to see them. No, you're going to go see them, and I was like, wow, they're freaking good. Uh, you know, so. that band. Talk about a strange band. It seems like it's run by some millionaire guy, and he just. Chooses the other members of the band. You know, he, Karabi got left off and he picked up uh, Glenn Hughes. Yep. And the guy is like a millionaire who wants to be a rock star. And he's the leader of the band. It's just a, so strange. I think they did it. It was a bad idea to drop Karabi, actually, because they were he's quite, a great singer. Quite, yeah, oh, he, he worked I, well for them. I love Glenn Hughes. So Yeah, but, but yeah. it's a totally different band, you know. Oh yeah, completely. The, the, the completely different singer. But so, so was the was original. She, so was the original Dead Daisies. Yeah, but it, but it in. was with Karabi, they they managed to do something with the band. I think they they started to build like a an audience and got a lot of good gigs. At least over here in in Europe, I think they were at some some uh, of the bigger uh, festivals. So uh, we'll see what happens. Glenn Hughes, he, he does whatever he can for a buck these days. I saw him He's everywhere. up here in, in the middle of nowhere yeah. playing for a few hundreds of people just a few years ago. All right. He did well, Black Country Communion, too. Yeah. Let's kill off the cruise talk. You know, Tommy's not sure about it. I'm going. I do understand that you're going. Yeah. I, I feel you, man. Yeah, I hope it's you have a great almost time. the same yeah. feeling when you attend a Kiss concert these days, you know. <laughs> You go because you like the band. You know they won't sound as good as they once did, but the songs are still great. And you get all the fans and and the feeling and the feeling that it might be the last time is kind of you know bittersweet somehow. It's you want to be there. You don't want to miss out if it's, if it's the final gig. You know. Plus there are yeah. friends from Germany, Australia, Scandinavia, yeah, Scotland, all over yeah. the freaking world who are going to be there in one place. And you're going to be mm -hmm. out there on that deck and you're going to see all the flags. You're going to hear the South Americans showing everyone how it's done at a concert. You're going to, you know, <laughs> see everyone representing all their generalizations you make about their nation and it just being one big family united by a common language, music, the rock and roll of kiss i mean mm -hmm. all right you know 
go check out Tommy's interview on backstage backstage access podcast. You know, he's primarily talking about his new electric blue uh, Epiphone guitar, iridescent blue sparkle. He tells you a little bit about how that came together. Uh, nice little Aerosmith story in there as well about uh, the drum tech helping. And he also he also stated that they switched up a few couple songs in the set list for the upcoming second leg of the tour, Kiss Tour. So I'm interested to uh, find out what those songs are that they swapped out or brought in. Love That's theme right. from That's Kiss. Right. Yeah, yeah. Love theme they, they, they've shaken it up a little bit. They've uh, freshened it up, I think, was the way he put it. So, right. you know, check it out. Hear it firsthand. Don't hear us trying to remember, especially after six beers. Never a good <laughs> idea. Um, what else is new in YouTube land this week? Oh, I guess it's the uh, Like a Bee to the Honey. Lordy. The most insane finish. I, I don't know what even genre to kind of place them in doing a Jean Beauvoir, Paul Stanley... Um, collaboration. Yeah. It must date from the 1980s. I'm going to yeah. peg it around 86, 85, thereabouts. Yeah. Um, Ken, what, what, what's it's, your take on Mr. Lordy's it was, well, uh, ballad? It, it was interesting. Yeah, it, it was interesting, uh, unique. Um, but I could hear in the chorus uh, Paul Stanley. I mean, that's obviously I, I could hear his, you know, his writing style in that. Um, and you know what? I think it, maybe Kiss should have done it, really, and done it, of course, their way, you know, the Kiss way, um, but may, and done it on uh, Asylum and, you know, removed, uh, what, Radar? Was it Radar for Love or whatever? Um, yeah, yeah, I would have gotten rid of that and brought the other song on there instead. Uh, it is kind of corny song but you know what a lot of kiss songs have corny lyrics and stuff what song are we talking about here a song done by lord and was written by paul stanley and jean beauvoir this this is news to me so you can check it out on youtube yeah what's uh, it called again uh julian the name of the song like a uh, bee to the honey. To the like honey. That's what it's called? Yeah. yeah. So, go on, go on, Mark. We'll, we'll circle right back there. around you. <laughs> okay. Like we'll go, we'll go to others. Daniel next for his you thoughts expect, on it. You expect it. I got it. Okay. I'll, I'll turn my volume down here and just listen to it really quick. Do it. Yeah, I, I, I just want to watch his face for the reaction. We'll watch well. I think it was kind of... I kind of like the video, sort of, but, but that can oh, yeah. be because I'm 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 a fan of graphic novels. I read a lot of them, and uh, it was kind of done in that vein, a graphic oh, novel. And I think it was kind of a cool theme. They turned the Paul Stanley lyrics around somewhat because this video is actually about a stalker and a female stalker as well. I think it was it shows a. A lot of humor that Lorde has shown before. If you remember, they had a big hit here over here in Europe with a song called uh, uh, Hard Rock Hallelujah. I don't know if you heard that one 10 years ago. And uh, they made a real cool video for that one that was reminiscent of Twisted Sister videos in the 80s. So they, they kind of like paying homage to, to the 80s band. But I, but I think it was fun to hear. And, and Mark is rocking out Mark here. Mark digging it. watching on YouTube. But uh, but uh, but I think it it it's kind of cool to hear someone doing uh, a song now that 
is so clearly written in the 80s. I think it was kind of fun. Oh, yeah. And it, 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 it's kind of similar to the other stuff that Paul Stanley left off the albums, like When Two Hearts Collide and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's uh, okay saying, you know, kind of the, the chorus stays with you a bit, as it does most of the time when Paul Stanley writes stuff. So kind of fun. I've yeah, it doesn't end well. I blanked it out completely because I'm just hoping that a reference track actually starts circulating of Paul saying this, because then I think we'll get a way better kind of interpretation yeah, of, of what was originally intended. Because you know what? I think Lordy's vocals sucked. Yeah, it's not very good. At, at, that at, is no. totally outside of his style for the material yeah. that he sings. It was uncomfortable. I mean, all you know, power to him for shaking it up and doing something outside of his wheelhouse but it doesn't work for me um it doesn't work on any kind of artistic level so i'm just hoping that paul gave him a tape and said here's here's my demo and that that starts circulating so that kiss collectors can be happy and actually hear how how it should sound yeah, but the idea is so cool. You know, if other bands could pick up all those old demos, like when two hearts collide and stuff like that, and do new songs using the demos, I would love to. <laughs> Thumbs down from Mark. Yeah. No, I agree. I cool agree. I agree. I mean, well, you know who's playing the sax? Who? I have no idea. No. Tom, who? Tommy? No. What's his name? Uh, Jesus. Clarence. No, no. Hanoi Rocks. Oh, Michael Monroe. I believe so, no. Finnish guy. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's got all kind of those sorts of bits and pieces. I mean, it, it's garbage, but... <laughs> yeah. But it, it's more... It's, I, I'm not so sure. Is it like a joke or is it serious? I don't know. Uh, well, it's, but it's lordy. It's probably I mean, originally yeah, serious. Somewhere in between. Okay. Imagine. I, I listened to it, and it's definitely very 80s, very 80s. Oh, yes. The, the sax solo was a, the biggest shock of the whole thing to me. I think I almost dropped the phone when it started. Uh, but it, it's odd hearing him sing it. I could totally hear Paul singing it, like yeah. back in the day, for, for sure. But, uh, but I, I'll tell you this. I don't think it's a joke. You know why? If you go and look up on YouTube and go like Lordy Kiss covers, there's a lot of songs Lordy has done by Kiss. God of Thunder, She's So European. They've done all kinds of songs from Kiss. So I actually I think, think they have had uh, Bruce on one or two tracks back in the day. Yeah, because it shows them live with some Kiss tribute band and Lordy went up there and sang some stuff. So, I mean, obviously, Kiss is very important to this guy, right? So... You know, I don't think it's a joke. I think it's, you know, maybe he thought he was going to make some big impact with this fantastic song. <laughs> so this is the Blood Type R of 2020. You know, that was another song that Paul wrote that uh, got farmed out to Dutch bands and all, all over the place. And then, what was it, Click 5, I think, did one as well. So, all right. I, I don't think that was overwhelmingly positive response to that new Paul Stanley <laughs> collaboration, but uh, mm. there you go. Let's talk about the official A&E produced uh, to our biography documentary. Now, obviously, that's been getting a lot of kind of debate about it, and, and I think it's going to be very difficult to please diehard fans with anything because they think they know everything already. 
you don't. But mm-hmm. um, I, I guess what would be some of the key things? It's going to be a very condensed history. It's going to focus. That's my expectation anyway. It's going to focus on kind of the big ticket items in the band's history. What do you think are some of the most important things that have to be in there? And what would be some of the things that you would be mortally offended if they were omitted? Well, I, I think the things that should be there and I'd be you know, horrified if were omitted are pretty much the same things in my eyes, some of them. Like, I think they'd have to talk about the hiring of Eric Carr. I think they have to talk about that. And I think it'll be a, a great insult if they don't talk about his passing. If they don't cover any of that, I think that would be a, a great shame. You know, I know that a lot of people might say, well, they should just focus on the original four. But I think Eric Carr played a huge part in this band. You know, he he was with them for a very, very long time. And some say that, you know, his, you know, energy and fire, you know, helped get them through some of those rough times, too. Right. So I think that that's one of the things for sure that they should, you know, cover. And I think the one of the things that they should cover, and I'm very sure they will, which is very stellar, is the involvement of Sean Delaney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe that they, I don't know who they are interviewing for this uh, piece, but um, that's the most important thing, that they pick good interviewees. You know, if, uh, if they get people on there that hasn't said it a thousand times before, but uh, I'm dreading that it will be focused mostly on Paul and Jean's version of what Kiss is and another one of those, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And that will be nothing new for us. Uh, it will be fun to watch one time and then you will forget about it. I was hoping more for s- them to do something more like Motley Crue did with, you know, trying to do something uh, a little bit different uh, and not be too late on that train, you know. They're always <laughs> a year or two after oh, everybody yeah. <laughs> else. But if they do it now, they are not too far behind. So they could actually create a bus. I don't see how this this one will do anything for for Kiss really if they don't, uh, you know, stick their necks out and bring in some people who actually can say something that might be a bit, you know, negative, uh, mm. bad decisions mm-hmm. that the band made. Um, uh, they treat people bad, uh, stuff like that. But if we get we get a cleaned up version from uh, Paul and Jean, it won't do anything for me and not for you guys either yeah no the problem is neil bogart is dead bill o'connor yeah, is yeah. dead sean yeah. delaney is dead larry yeah. harris is dead you know <laughs> so yeah you know, but there's Bruce a lot of guys bogart. around there you know the road crew and uh a, a well, lot of the road the road crew seems to be persona non grata i mean jr smalling yeah, yeah know, that's Su- the problem Su- that's Su- what i'm mean. that's my whole point you know, the band, Joyce, I, Joyce Trabulus Bogart, or Bogart Trabulus. We wanted to create the band we never saw on stage. I, I bet you a thousand dollars they will say that uh, in, in that. <laughs> it's it's yeah. probably, I mean, it's going to be a Kiss-sanctioned thing. I mean, obviously, yeah. you don't, wanted don't the... Don't get your you, hopes too high. Yeah, you wanted, you, what, you wanted the best, you got the best uh, documentary got killed off because yeah. I believe it didn't show Gene and Paula in that great of a light um um therefore you know uh it was shelved i guess um in this case uh with it being supposedly around two hours 
um, I, I said that that's that's not long enough for to to do their whole career. I mean, they're going to gloss over a lot of stuff if they're really going to go from the oh, beginning. Two hours. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Be- yeah. Beginning to to end. Supposedly, it was. It's been stated that it's going to be their whole the whole career. So you got obviously going to gloss over a lot of stuff. So the key things you got to get have in there. Okay, the meeting of Gene and Paul, uh, Neil Bogart out there, or not Neil Bogart, but uh, Bill O'Coin out there for mm-hmm. show, the signing, uh, I guess coming up with the name kiss, coming up with the makeup, that part, of those things. Then fast forward a little bit and you get to okay. Alive. You know, they, they're touring, no, nothing's good going on good here so they talk about alive that which finally made them what they are um and then going into the extremes of uh and then oh then maybe they'll have to talk about destroyer the beth being the hit single uh deal um Right, but, they, but Stan Penridge is dead. Peter Chris probably wouldn't be involved because they're not going to right. Peter and Ace of respect and give them any control over how Ezrin. they how they appear. And Bob Ezrin, well, let's not talk about Bob Ezrin. <laughs> but I think it's so, a shame. So, it's um, just too much. It's just too much. To, but that, but that, yeah, that's just that there's too many things to, to put in there. And really, these guys, the directors and people like Paul, are going to want to just put all the things that make them look good the events that they that they think are important to the to the yeah. band, which will be probably yeah. different than what a lot of us will think are important moments in the band. Yeah, they'll gloss over the eighties most likely too. I mean, yeah, that's they always do. Yeah, Eric Carr's not you're not not getting far yeah. enough into Eric Carr's death, you know, in nope. two hours. But then again, you've got Eddie Kramer who can't remember that Bob Kulick, you know, didn't perform yeah. on a, on Love Gun, you know. But I think it's a shame. I think it's a shame that Gene and Paul are so afraid to, to you know, uh, get any negativity. We all know that Gene was a pig for decades, that he slept around with everybody and uh, did anything. Yeah. Yeah. And we all know about Paul Paul's problems being the way he is. You, you only have to, you know, look at his Twitter and see a few quotes from him and listen to a few interviews. And you get to know him pretty well as, you know... Uh, he's not the cool rock and roll guy that we all thought in in the 80s unfortunately he's just an ordinary man as the rest of us but but i think they would get more you know people would maybe respect them more if they uh, could you know go a, a little bit deeper into the negative sides of kiss because there sure as hell are a lot of negativity that uh, you know, goes along with the band, and it makes the uh, documentary more dynamic if you have a few good things and a few bad things. Otherwise, it's just like uh, you know, a celebration to the band. And, it's just and a you, yes piece. Yeah, a yes know? piece. And, you know, if you if you read Kiss and, and Tell, you just pick a few things from from Kiss and Sell, and you pick a few things from that book, and that's really interesting that you would like to hear more about, you know, when they deal with that guy in Argentina from Argentina trying yeah. to book the, the, the tour for South America. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff there that's never going to show up in a, an official movie, unfortunately. No, because you can't have Vinny in either because of the problems that that no. causes. So yeah. you can't have Stephen <laughs> Cornell. 
I mean, you can have Marty Cohen, who was there as well, but is not like a known name to most Kiss fans, you know, regardless of, you know, having interviews out there with him for many years. Everyone always thinks Stephen Cornell, you know, you're you're missing Brooke, who I mean, he's dead. It's just too late. And Kenny Kerner dead. Damn it. I mean. It's too little, too late. <clears throat> so it really would be better simply to do something like the dirt, yeah. and that's take and build around a particular kind of scene. Knife fights with Aerosmith, you know, getting kicked off the tour with Origins, <coughs> fights or showing up late for gigs and uh, Steppenwolf, you know, seventy four. Mm. I mean, maybe keep it to seventy four. Use the original oh, yeah. Kiss crew and blow, Moose's hand blowing that up, setting Black Oak, Arkansas's backdrop on fire with the exploding <laughs> drumsticks. All mm-hmm. those little things condense it into one, and then Neil Bogart comes out and says, "You guys are going back into the studio," and ended on them fucking around with rock and roll all night in the studio with that demo that they did in January 1975. Because everything else, you, you just can't portray. Without Stan, without Peter and Ace being involved with uh, the same sort of control over their narrative that Gene and Paul are going to have over theirs. And yeah, sure, the victors write history and Gene and Paul are the victors in the in the war for Kiss because they stayed with the band and never left. That, I mean, that's understandable. And Peter and Ace can never expect to have that sort of power. But if you're not going to represent all four of the original opinions, you can't show peter working with gene and paul in late 72 going into that don ellis um <laughs> audition or showcase yeah. you know where peter chris's brother threw up over the yeah. show. You, you can't do that without yeah. peter being involved and you know having control over that it, it's just so sad i mean we've really lost a lot of things and they can put out something and it'll be saccharin it'll be pg rated whereas mm-hmm. the dirt was r and that makes a big so difference. This is, this is, I assume, uh, made for TV, right? The A&E network. So, um, and even with that, we're talking two hours with, with commercials. It's really not two hours. Um, <laughs> probably more like an hour and 40 minutes, something that, like that. Yeah. But, that's just as ridiculous. I mean, considering that I have a really fantastic, uh, biography documentary on yes and that thing was like three hours and 25 minutes long you know no commercials nothing and like and Mm. you know that they had a pretty lengthy career too but i mean just hearing that it's only two hours with commercials they're not going to cover a lot at all i mean julian's right they're better off to maybe just focus on a portion of their career if they're going to make it that you know little you know as far as time getting their uh gold awards live awards handed to them at you know on stage uh yeah end it there you know for a live yeah and end it there right yeah but think think it's like stories we've been talking about to madison square garden seven to seven or something yeah they could do that you know how far how far they go is is kind of irrelevant get all those scenes in you know them traveling the country in a station wagon getting Mm -hmm. snowed in the crew you know crashing trucks you know, into snow berms, <laughs> Texas with with the freak show, you know, and and 
some of the gay overtones that they went through because of their costumes and all that. Oh, Tour, yeah. Partying <laughs> with Rush uh, and some of the open mm-hmm. acts, you know, the acts that they worked well with and the acts like Aerosmith that they, and Argent and all those that they mm-hmm. just completely clashed with and blowing other bands off the stage. There are so many different scenes that you can kind of tie together um, yeah. that will kind of make the geek happy, but also portray all the greatness, you know, the Keishi kite fly, you know, playing to what, 40 to a hundred thousand people in 1974, you know, all the things that legends are made of redo the, uh, the Tootie Fields scene, you know, Gene trying to be oh, all totally menacing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, Michael Douglas show, right. Yeah. All that, all that yeah. stuff is great, but it's also somewhat easy. Rather than well, relying on Gene and Paul mm-hmm. to tell you about the, this mm-hmm. is the party line of how something happens. Because every, you know, we, we're all guilty of it here of saying, well, you know, that's like the party line. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's, that's the bullshit version because it doesn't represent everything else, you know, the other opinions. Yeah. Well, uh, the documentary is obviously going to be probably video and, 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 uh, interviews, people talking over the scenes that you're seeing on the, uh, the screen that were, you know, uh, recorded type recorded yeah. and photos and stuff like that. Um, I, and I know they're also doing, there's also a biopic in the work too. So that's a, that's a whole nother story about what they, what are they going to do with that? Uh, I mean, we've looked at Queen and Motley Crue and Elton John, those, those movies. Um, they seem to have done pretty well, uh, for the most part. They could probably pull off some kind of, you know, kiss biopic and, of course, yes, they're going to skip a lot of stuff. Yeah, so we'll just wait and see because, again, all these biopics that have been out there, there's probably too many that you start getting, you know, less tired returns. Of it. Well, people get tired <laughs> of it. You're like, okay, yeah. you know, look how, how badly Rocketman did. You know, Bohemian did well, but it was highly inaccurate. You know, yeah. Rocketman kind of got savaged. Cause yeah, I think no one... You know, where's where's the Bowie one? Has there been the, one? Uh, uh, the well, biopic I, Bowie? I don't there think was so. just a no. There was just a thing about Ronson, I think, uh, but not about Bowie. There, there, there's been tons of ones done in the UK, right? That they've done, where they've had, uh, you know, like you know, sound and vision. One was called. Another one was like focused on the beginning to like Aladdin. Same. They've never done a complete one yet of him so they really need to do one they probably will not not complete just do ziggy yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. they did a lot of good stuff earlier you know like the doors film was real good with uh, oh yeah that's a good biopic jim morrison play by uh val kilmer yeah val kilmer yes i'm sorry i love that yeah. movie one of yeah, my that's, great, yeah. that's right up there for me with spinal sap that, that says a lot about spinal, fat, spinal tap, yeah. the best biopic ever. Ever. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. 
All right, let, let's move on and do a couple of our final parts of this discussion today. And again, I, I was planning on doing a structured kind of episode this week, but I just did not have the time, um, which kind of reminds me that we're talking about documentaries about the band. Do go and check out Podkist. You know, there, there were a lot of episodes towards the end of last year that were very deep dives into Wicked Lester. There's mm-hmm. going to be more of that sort of thing this year, hopefully. Cool. There was an episode that I partnered with them on uh, pre-history on Peter Chris, which mm-hmm. was just narrative-driven. There is a Gene Simmons one that is, you know, kind of nearly ready to go, and who knows when oh, maybe cool. we'll get that all finalized. But, you know, th- there's a lot of that sort of thing being done, but it's unofficial, and it's not from the donkey's mouth, from the horse's mouth, the jackass's yeah. mouth. It's from the jackass's mouth, if it's me. There you go. All right, let's move into these other parts. Um, Paul wishing Ozzy well after his Parkinson's diagnosis uh, Mm -hmm. or disclosure. And I I guess the health of our rock stars and appreciating today. How does this kind of affect each one of you and your fandom when we see Neil Peart dying? We see Paul obviously offering, you know, people are like, what? commenting on Paul offering, you know, support to a fellow aged rock star. I mean, it's like, what are you shocked? We're all human here. But, but how does it affect you as you're going down the end of the road or going down your road of life, whichever it may be that we're seeing more and more of our kind of rockers starting to be afflicted with their age. Look at Joey Kramer, another great example, just this past week being shut out of the band because of physical issues. I'm sure there's a lot that we don't know that's in the background, but you know, the end result is basically, you know, after 50 years of the band, again, a very unique drummer, just being told you're not good enough emotionally or physically to, to be up there. Ozzy, I don't think anyone was shocked by Parkinson's with Ozzy uh, or Parkinson's related illness. It's not Parkinson's per se. Um, Daniel, your thoughts on mortality. Oh, that's a big question. Well, uh, I mean, it's um, father time gets us all. That's just the way it is. And it makes me feel old when all my, my old heroes are getting up there in age. I think it's uh, it's uh, sad, but it's uh, you can't avoid it. So um, and th- that Oz is Oz is still alive. That's the big thing. <laughs> if mm. you if you read a little bit about what he's been doing, so it's, uh, he's living on borrowed time, so to speak. Uh, but uh, it makes me think of the uh, artist that broke through in the 90s that aren't with us, that didn't get the chance to get old, you know? Uh, when I grew up, when I was about 15, grunge really hit hard over here, and uh, you got Nirvana, Soundgarden, Stone Temple Pilots, and later on uh, those new metal bands. Uh, and if you look at those bands, they never got the chance to to become, you know, veterans, uh, because all the singers died, like, between, you know, 27 and 45 years of age. After mm. that, they were all dead, you know. And Scott, Weil- uh, Scott Weiland died not too long ago. Uh, uh, and you had, um, uh, Chris Carnell. of course, Kurt Cobain. and, and uh, Cornell. What's the name of the yeah, song? Chris Gardens? Carnell. Chris Carnell. Mm. 
yeah. and Chester Bennington uh, yeah. later on. So so it made made me think of them, and they never really got the chance to even get old. So I guess I'm I'm accepting it. You know, they they are old. That's just the way it is. But it's sad. Yeah, I don't think anything changes it. You know, come on, Ozzy, seventy one, mm-hmm. and yeah. you, you know, it, it's it's something like that. Come on, I mean, biting the heads off bats, snorting ants, yeah. you know, and, and everything else that he did in his life. Keith, and Keith Richards will still be yeah, there after true. everyone then, else is dead. He's yeah. like, like a cockroach of rock and roll. But I, I also very much agree with Daniel, and none of those guys other than Cobain affected me because I wasn't into any of those other bands. Love Nirvana. The the one who affected me the most was Michael Hutchins when he died. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that that was kind of my holy shit moments. Age is okay. You know, what was that folk artist, David uh, Otney, who died on stage this week? Yeah. He, he was oh. performing a set with his acoustic uh, with, a, with a, a colleague, and he looked up at the microphone and just said, I'm sorry, put his head down, hmm. was dead. Oh, wow. Fall off the chair. That's stone, the way to go. Stone Cold Dead performing without being shot on stage like Dimebag. You know, um, um, yeah. what a way to go. Uh, hmm. You know, for Paul Stanley, yeah. who sung, you know, kicking and screaming from the stage. I mean, only the screamings coming true in, in terms of that hmm. equation. Um, Ken, what are your thoughts on this? You know, again, we talked last week, we mentioned the Linda Ronstadt uh, documentary. Right. Know, that's been airing in the States, a very representative one as well. Same with Glenn Campbell, who aired last year. Yeah, Glenn Campbell. I saw, I saw that one, too. Um, yeah, it's really tough. Uh, I mean, uh, we, didn't, we don't expect our heroes to still actually be performing. And it's kind of like if you, uh, I guess, sometimes a parent uh outlives their you know child um, it's the same kind of thing in a way um it's it's just you don't expect that you know you expect your heroes to be there forever um i guess they'll be you know kiss is a band that you know i've loved forever and i just it's, it's hard to think of you know any of them uh passing really um, you just always think this is going to be there. Um, but um, having said that, there's, for instance, I think of it in a reverse way. It's like, you know what? There's a lot of these artists that are still performing now, and I need to see them before I go, you know, or before they go, um, because I can go too. Um, so, for instance, last year I saw, you know, uh, Blondie. I, that was one of like you know a bucket list thing for me. I, I I had never seen Blondie. I always wanted to see Blondie, uh, back when you know she was younger, uh, the band, um, and uh, but finally finally did and you know I I enjoyed it thoroughly and so I'm sure there's going to be some other ones like that that I'll I'll want to see. Um, I guess the Kiss thing is more of a a greedy thing. I, I just want to see them another time. You know, one more time, uh, kind of thing, um, because you know, either they're gonna stop, or someone's gonna die, or I'm gonna die, or who knows what's gonna happen. You know, it's a morbid thought. Or, or we're stuff. all gonna get blown up. 
Or, or yeah, or a nuclear bomb's gonna we're gonna get hit by a bomb. Yeah. We're, we're gonna piss off someone who actually hit a target. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it's, it's tough, but uh, yeah, it's just it's just sad to see that. I mean, I even back when, uh, for instance, I remember the day I can still remember when the day you know Elvis Presley died. Uh, clearly, I remember it. Mm-hmm. I, I I clearly remember John Lennon's you know. Death on time, death, which is horrible. Lemon, no. It was horrible, horrible. Mm. Um, it was a horrible thing, and uh, and and even Karen Carpenter of the Carpenters, which was a, you know, died at like thirty-two or whatever, you know, from anorexia, which is another thing that can happen, you know. Uh, so yeah, it's just a tough thing Um, when you kind of get attached to these artists and their. And music through fandom, I guess. Um, but it's still, I don't know, it's a sad thing. They, they, live, they live on. You know, the artists at they least live on through their live work. On forever. I mean, I remember yes. Roy Orbison dying, and I can yeah. hear his voice in my head anytime I want. I can hear that voice, and it nearly always brings a, a, a tear oh, to yeah. my eye. It's Johnny Cash. Petty. You know, we could just go down the list. I mean, let's get some Canadians in on this, Mark. <laughs> yeah, well, I have to admit, um, a lot of what you guys said, I, I can echo. Like, just now, the passing of Neil Peart really, really hit me hard, like very hard. I mean, this is a band that I grew up with, like literally. Like, they were my first real big band that I got into when I was very young. And they were my first concert I went to when I was like 10 years old, 11 years old. And, uh, you know, I've never missed a Rush concert from that time period. I got everything that they ever did on record and, you know, how it is with that. And uh, But what really shocked me with that was that it wasn't expected. You know, like when you, when you, when people start hitting the 70s and stuff like that, okay, you know, any time now something could happen. But Neil was still in his 60s, too. I wasn't expecting, and he was a guy who, you know, used to cycle like crazy. He went through a bicycle tour of Africa. He would do all kinds of, you know, motorcycle tours when he was on tour with Rush and stuff like that. So he, he tried to keep himself in tip-top shape and then to hear that, you know, he got ill and died of cancer. I mean, it was brain cancer, so that didn't really have too much to do with his physical health, I don't think. But, you know, the thing that surprised me with that, to a point, because if you know Rush as well as the Rush fans that are diehard do, uh, they're very private people. Neil Peart especially. He he had th- th- three years of battling this disease that nobody knew about. Like every Rush fan I ever know never even had a clue that he was sick for that long. They kept it under wraps for quite a long time and very well too. You know there wasn't even a rumor circulating about that that he was ill. You know. Um, but it it really it really bothered me because you know you when you're younger you know and those guys were younger too like back in the day of course obviously like when I was younger you never thought that they were going to be going anytime soon and when people started going like Bowie and now Neil you know and, and Lemmy's gone now and stuff like that you start going oh boy like you know you're starting to realize your age just like Daniel said right you know you're starting to understand your own mortality at this point because of that. And that's the thing that kind of, you know, makes it difficult as well, because you know that eventually your your hourglass is going to run out of sand as well, right? When that'll happen, 
who knows? And, you know, it's not only it's not always going to be just from old age. It could be from anything. Tomorrow I could get into a car accident and that'll be the end of it. Right. Who, who knows? Right. I mean, I'm lucky I survived one pretty horrific car accident. So I was lucky with that. Right. That's when I was 19 years old, too. So, you know, yeah, I flipped my mother's car like three times over into a farmer's field. Like the, when I let's put it this way, when I came out of the car, the lady who pulled her car over to cut to come and see if I was okay. She literally dropped her knees and almost fainted when she saw me come out. I thought that she was looking at something else. I looked back to see if she was seeing something. She just was like in shock that I came out of the car because it was totally mangled, like smashed into 10,000 pieces. Again, stupidity on my part, trying to rush home in a rainstorm. Mm. And then, you know, you make a stupid mistake and bam, that's it. Right. So you you never know when these things can happen. And this kind of circles back to a comment that Julian made earlier about why he's going to the cruise. You never know when something's going to happen. You never know when some of your friends who you never had a you know chance to meet up with, now is your chance to meet up with them. Yeah, go ahead and do it. Who cares if the cruise isn't going to be as good as you think it is? You know, But the people that you want to meet up there and talk to, they're going to be there. So that's just as good a reason to go if as any reason to go. So... You know, I, I think of one thing this makes people do is really reanalyze their own life and what's important to them and what they think they need to do to make their life a happier one while we're still here on the planet. Maybe we should give a shout out to our um, pod members that have had a few health scares lately. I think both Alex and and Lonnie has had a bit of trouble, but but I think they're okay now if I got it right. Yeah, and but you know, anyone who's listening to the show who's had a yeah. had a health challenge, you know, mm-hmm. enjoy today, enjoy the moment, enjoy the opportunities that you are able to do. And obviously, not everyone can afford to go on the cruise because it's horrendously expensive. Not everyone mm-hmm. can travel to go and see a Vinnie Vincent private performance or interview, you know. Not everyone can go to a, even a kiss show. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it really, it really is a matter of making the best of what you can with the resources that you have. Make the Facebook count. Make the Instagram count. Make the Twitter or the Kiss FAQ count. Make the interaction on the shows of other podcasts that you listen to with people whose names you might recognize count. And again, that's going to be one of the things that I try and do on this year's cruise. I'm going to do a very much, it's unsanctioned, it'll be unofficial, but I'm going to try and do a gathering of Kiss FAQ people people on the boat that we all get together mm. and raise a cool. raise a glass raise our glasses you know yeah. nice whether, it, whether it's perrier water vodka um <laughs> schnapps schnapps jaeger jaeger shots you know it'll be mm. you know just a way for us all to get together and just celebrate that moment um, and then we can get back to insulting one another. No, I, I mean for the most part, <laughs> fans do not. Real fans do not insult each other. Real mm-hmm. fans want to debate and get worked up, but they won't be insulting you and swearing at you and being offensive. They'll be passionate, and there is a very thick line between the two. So, uh, I just wanted to say one more thing about past rock stars. Obviously, you know Phil Lynott, Gord Downey. Mm-hmm. Come on, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Another Canadian 
Ronnie James Dio. Yeah. Yeah. The the list is endless and getting longer, but so is it with the roll call of everyone else who's taken a breath. So mm-hmm. let's leave that there this week. That is more than enough food for thought. Daniel, Ken, Mark, thank you for joining me today to discuss these various topics. And we want to hear what you have to say about any of this. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to talk about everything we've talked about. Just give us your thoughts on something that maybe stood out for you, whether you want to comment on YouTube or on iTunes, on the FAQ. You know, leave your feedback, leave your thoughts, and uh, we'd love to just have that conversation with you as well. So for now, from us all, thank you for watching and listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.